Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and good morning to our listeners from around the world. I want to welcome you to another edition of This Morning with Solivity, broadcasting live from our studio here in the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., and on KMET, 1490 AM radio in Southern California. My name is Brian Wesley Johnson, and of course, I'm so glad that you're with us. I'm joined today by my very special friends, Sheila Applegate and Dr. Chanel DeGuzman. Good morning, ladies. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, Brian and <laughs> Sheila and listeners. Good morning. We're almost on the weekend now. I love it. Getting close. Getting close, Brian. Yeah, it's going <laughs> to be warm here. Yeah, I was going to say, and we're in the second day of an ice storm here in Michigan. Are you serious? So second day of no school. So wow. some people are very, very happy. <laughs> and, and Sheila, are, you, did you guys get snow? We got ice last night, but not anything significant. So, wow. Okay. Well, it's going to be like record temperatures here <laughs> today. Like close to, I think they said it's like maybe even close to 80, something okay. like that. Yeah. Something crazy. Oh, and then wow. it's, then yeah. it's going to drop. Then it's supposed to drop again. Yeah. yeah it's like um, the bottom half of the country has got extreme highs and the upper, the northern half has extreme winter weather. Right yeah, I know it, it, it's, it's wild. Yeah, we may we needed to do a show on like climate change <laughs> and how people are dealing with it. Anyway, <laughs> listen. Before we begin, I want to remind our listeners. Listen, we want you to be in on this conversation. We want your questions. We want your comments. We want your thoughts. Just post to our live feed here on uh, Facebook or YouTube, and we'll have you join in on the fun. We'll do a shout out to you. Um. Have either of you seen the new series, Bel Air? Yes. I yeah. just recently watched it. Yeah. Some yes. of it. Some of yeah. It. <laughs> it, it, it. Yeah. And Chanel, you, you saw just, some of it. Too. Yes. Just recently, one episode. Oh, well, that that's funny because um, it hasn't received much wide acclaim as, it, as its 90, uh, 1990s cousin. Um, here's a, a little bit from a review from The Guardian. 
Um, Bel Air is a reboot with its own remarkable origin story. In 2019, the independent filmmaker Morgan Cooper had the audacity to make a trailer for an imaginary new version of The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, reshaping the 1990s sitcom as a tough Ryan Coogler style drama. Cooper might have dreamed that the clip would go viral and that the show would actually be made with him still on board directing episode one. That happened, but this fairy tale has a sad ending. The new Bel Air is confused and joyless, a remake without a reason to exist. Ooh. Whoa. <laughs> That's pretty harsh, y'all. That is um, hard. Yeah, no minced um, words there. <laughs> yeah, do, 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 but, but my quest, my first question is, do you agree? Do you agree with this, with this um, in part or in whole about the review? I can say I'm relieved to read, <laughs> to hear it because my brain didn't know what to do when I was watching it. <laughs> At first I, I was like, remark. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, okay. So, you know, I was almost judging myself for the way I first took the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and not thinking about how intense it was behind the scenes. Yeah. But then I thought, but I knew, like I understood what the story was about and I had compassion without this intensity of visual angst, you know? Right, right, <laughs> right. What about you, uh, Dr. Chanel? I felt, <clears throat> pardon me, I felt very intense when I was watching the first episode and because, you know, I am familiar with the um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I was yeah. not expecting what I saw. Right. And right. so, yes, right. the review did like what Sheila's saying. It gave me some relief or just some understanding of what I was experiencing because I'm like, what am I experiencing? I really didn't, couldn't really put my arms around the feelings that were coming from me watching this first episode, it was so intense. Right. And I didn't have any contextual background of this happening to the fresh pr Prince of Bel-Air. Right. And so I was completely, you know, just like, what's going on? So yes, that review is pretty much on point. Yeah, I, you know, the, the series in the 1990s, I mean, it went through its own metamorphosis but it always began as seeing as, you know, paraphrasing, welcoming, open, mm -hmm. funny. Mm -hmm. um, but this series is the exact opposite to me, but not, but in a, in the worst sense of the word, um, where it's just, you know. Mm. Yeah, you know, Brian, what I think happened and is happening to me even right now what we saw on Bel Air to me is reality. That mm. is reality on that basketball court, that right. first opening scene where, you know, that scene where he, you know, even though he decided to go and prove himself, you were already going against the odds because if, if you set up the game and you won the game, there was probably going to be revenge because you won the game fair and square. So I thought we were going to be okay, but then that ball hit the, the um the antagonist i guess you would say right and so that's when everything went left so you you had no way out of that situation the very fact that you went 
you were right. done either way. So that is reality. And so I think that's what I'm coming against is how harsh reality is. And, and the picture that was painted of Bel Air to me is nothing like what we saw in even in that first episode of Bel Air. Did either of you see the spinoff of Power where the sun, where the sun's story um, takes over? Did you ever see that on, um, I think it's on Stars? No, no. Okay. So <clears throat> the, for those of you who have seen Power or you know all this, but there was an original series years ago called Power where this guy was from the, was from the street. He was a drug dealer, but he was trying to create a way to get out of it by creating his own wealth that was clean. Yes. Well, his son was very smart and all this, but he didn't know anything about this until later, like when, when Power, the, the main character's uh, name was Ghost, when Ghost died and basically his son took over, right? And he was young. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was like, you know, he was still in high school. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> well, I kind of feel like what they did was they were like, oh, yeah, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Let's marry that with this whole like power, this spinoff and make make, you know, will more tough, more raw, that kind of thing and blend it all. Hmm. And I think it might have worked if Fresh Prince hadn't existed. Right. And yes. And even with that, if because I made it four episodes in and in those four <laughs> episodes, <laughs> Carlton had a drug addiction and was just yeah, this like twisted, yeah. revengeful person. They were all under this pressure of a campaign. And then you get the LBGTQ coming into it with that right. story. And they're good stories. They're things that people need to know about it, but it was just one piled on top of the other. And I would. I had like anxiety in my body when I wasn't watching it. And I was like, oh my gosh, what right. about teenagers watching this or people who are using it? Right. Like, right. you know, living that at this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, um, I think that there was no real, again, and again, this has to go probably go to writing, right? Where mm -hmm. it's okay. How are we going to tell this story? How are we going to unravel this? I think it was like you said. It was like like when I watched the first episode, I couldn't even make it through the first episode because now, what it was, was it, Brian. Yeah, that you couldn't make it through. It was it was just it was just one thing on top of another on top of another on top of another, mm -hmm. and there was mm -hmm. no like right. like um, if in dramatic shows, what I like to see is is the characters being explored and that you're becoming more and more about the characters over time. And the writing is, is puts that in a place where you're interested, right? Not mm -hmm. that it's drama after drama, after drama, right, after drama, right, because I think right. in this, I think it was just all about the drama. It was like, okay, how much drama can we put in one, in, in an hour, right, <laughs> in an right. hour long show <laughs> And it felt like three hours every night. Right. <laughs> well, I Which think is, what, yeah. what has to happen is you have to have comedic relief. 
You right. have to give yeah. us a break to recompose our emotions. Right. And there was no relief. And that's why it was so intense, like Sheila was saying, where it was just from beginning to end. And that's, yeah, I guess why you couldn't make it through the first episode, because you, you had no break to catch your breath, honestly. Yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> like, like, I'm glad that I didn't like see some of the other episodes because I probably, I probably would have like, yeah. You probably would have wrote a, a critique, Brian. Oh, yeah, I, oh, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. But you because know I, what? Yeah, go ahead. Shana. No, I'm sorry, Brian. What, the only thing that did help me was Aunt Viv. She, right. she was kind of still like, quote unquote, down. And she just kind of helped smooth things out. And so that was really my only real connection that I had in that with any of the characters. And I think yeah. the article mentions that, that Aunt Viv kind of helped a little bit. Right. Until her dramatic story starts. A little bit right. And so there <laughs> it goes, right? <laughs> it, it, it's, you know, and, and I'm okay. And again, I, I'm okay with a dramatic series that takes a deeper look at into rea the realities right. of people, but not all at once. Not, not, I mean, that's just too much. I mean, right. um, you know, not to say that each individual character didn't have, um, that there wasn't a story to tell with them, but man, does it have to be all in an hour? I mean, I go, I just go back to that. Right. Like, and then it's like, and then you're, then you're asking me to come back and watch it again. <laughs> I, I, I wonder what the, the main, do we know what the main message was? What was the real point that the producer or the writer was trying to get across? Do we, have we identified that? I don't know. I don't. And maybe that was the problem, right? Right. I think that that was a problem. I think that um, there was no, I don't feel like there was really thought into, okay, we, we've got a season, we've got these 13 episodes or 26 episodes, and how are we going to plan on revealing these people as they are with, to your point, Dr. Chanel, some comic relief, some happiness, some joy, you know, the, the full gambit of, of emotions and and feelings and states of reality and not just one thing you know oh man listen we're gonna take a break because <laughs> i think we need to take a break yeah we need to take a, break. <laughs> yeah. And, a little comic and, relief here please. yeah and we're gonna talk more about this in about two minutes we'll be right back everybody have you ever asked the question if i was to be anything what would I be? Regardless of money, regardless of status, beyond popularity and fame, living your passion, feeling your life has purpose. Solivity is a space to nurture that which lives in all of us. A place where work can become play and doing what we love creates the dreams of a lifetime. 
Are you ready to take that first step towards true, unwavering inner happiness? Are you like thousands of people who have everything they need, not want, but need, and still can't seem to find happiness and fulfillment in their lives? If so, the Steps to Happiness show is for you. On my show, you will learn about the principles and practices that lead to true inner happiness. Because guess what? is isn't found in our external environment, but within ourselves instead. Together with my guests, we will explore the latest physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being practices. And together, we'll advise you on the actionable steps you can take towards a happier, more fulfilled, authentic life. So I invite you to join me each week on Soul Liberty TV on the Steps to Happiness show with me, Teresa Greco. And we're back with more of this morning with Solivity. I'm joined by my very special friends, Sheila and Dr. Chanel. We're talking about the new series, Bel Air, and we're kind of contrasting it to the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Uh, I think the 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 overwhelming uh, review right now is that we needed a break from talking <laughs> about it because it's that kind of. Mm, um, listen, I want to contrast, do another com comparison here really quick. Uh, the Washington Post in September of 2020 um, remarked on the 30th anniversary of a very special iconic scene in which to them Will Smith became a dramatic actor. And the name of the episode was Papa's Got a Brand New Excuse. Um, and they say that it was a watershed 23 minutes for the situational comedy, which until that moment hadn't fully explored the emotional depths of Smith's character. The episode featured the man hugged, loved and memed around the world as Uncle Phil, uh, played by James Avery, doesn't so much embrace as completely envelop his nephew, who is coming to grips with the loss of his absentee father for a second time. I mean, I remember that mm -hmm. like yesterday. Do you guys mm -hmm. remember that scene? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Woo! And so when I look at that scene and then I compare it to Bel Air, which I mean, to Bel Air's credit, it's not it's not an apples, pure apples to apples. But the one thing that it did was you had this situational comedy that had comedy there and it left room for that event mm -hmm. to happen and for right. you to take it in. Mm -hmm. So do, is this the purpose of dramatic shows? I mean, should there be something behind it that is about like maybe people of color being seen or are they supposed, or do these shows supposed to give hope? I mean, what are your think thoughts about this guys? Well, I think that with Fresh Prince, we loved the characters by the time that we had that moment of that episode. Mm -hmm. And in this one, I feel like we were just expected to love them because we were <laughs> we watched Fresh Prince. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, like yeah. we're going to just assume you already do. And it felt like just a dopamine shot after shot. Like uh, you could have seen that on Twitter just by watching videos when right. you watch this one. And I do think more and more dramatic series are doing that and that it's a reflection perhaps of what is happening 
especially for teenagers, it makes mm. me, you know, what are we doing as a society and our ability to comprehend? And does that actually help people feel seen, embrace mm -hmm. this? Or when we get episodes or shows like this, is it just amplifying the pain? Right, mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. Dr. Shinna, what do you think? So a couple thoughts. With the scene that you're talking about in particular, I don't know if... Like, I can certainly relate to that scene yeah. where, you know, I think Uncle Phil was trying to, like, he already knew what the outcome, expected outcome was going right, to be. Right, right, right. So he, you know, as I recall in my memory, he was trying to hold back. And he, you know, I think there was some conflict between him and Will because of that fact. And then mm -hmm. sure enough, Will was let down. And then I think that's when Will became vulnerable and we got to see his emotion. Mm -hmm. Um, what it reminds me, I, so I don't know, like if our teens could relate to that right now, but what they can relate to is I'm, I'm shifting gears to go to all American, all okay. American had a scene where the two boys, one was, you know, from the affluent family, one was from the, a similar case, like, Will. they both got stopped by the police. And mm. then you got to see that they were treated the same mm. and the boy mm -hmm. from the affluent community didn't know how to respond because he lives in a community where that sort of thing doesn't happen, right. where the under person or, you know, the other guy who came from the lesser community already knew what to do and was shocked right. that the other affluent boy didn't know. Now, our teens, I I'm glad that they, they got to see that because to me, that brings more awareness of what's happening right now. Right. I think in terms of the parenting issue, I don't know that that's any more of a surprise anymore, right? Either right. you're in a situation where you already, you know, are dealing with this and you've come to accept it. I don't think that that was anything of new, you know, to, right. to enlighten anyone. But I do think some of these dramatic um, episodes they do have the ability to help us increase awareness. And for that, I think it serves a purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, and my guess is the, when they wrote this specific episode, there was a question that they were at, that they were answering in that episode, which, which I think is what is the definition of a parent? Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, is is being a parent just bio biological mm -hmm. or is it more than that? And they answered that question as they went through the series because the person that was trying to protect Will more than anybody was Uncle Phil. Right, <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, there's a theme, Brian, in our community, <clears throat> excuse me, in the African-American culture where mm -hmm. we do have to step in sometimes yes, and take care thankful. of yeah. our sister or our brother's kids or the grandmother has to now become mom because mom is going through something or mom might be absent she might be incarcerated so in that regard that's a common mm -hmm. <laughs> a common occurrence in our culture right Right, right. And I and I and I love the fact that they brought that out, right? Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. they did it in a very beautiful, 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 beautiful way where um again, there was there was a there was room for this. Mm -hmm, they mm -hmm. they there had been, you know, different scenes that were comedy and all that stuff in episodes before this, 
but you had never really met Will's father. You didn't know mm-hmm. what his story was. You didn't know about him. And then here they they say, okay, well, we're going to tackle this. We're going to go in here and we're going to talk about this particular aspect of Will's life. And um, Will was ready for it. Mm-hmm. We're going to make a turn. And because a lot of these shows talk about or display um you know wealth specifically african-american wealth um in a way that's like wow it's always inspirational or, or even aspirational and so i want to talk about that and kind of juxtapose that against the realities that are in our real life community and kind of dig deeper in that so we're going to take another quick break everybody and when we come back we're going to talk more about you know building black wealth and you know how you can be involved in it so we'll talk we'll talk to you in about two minutes hey there this is brian with solivity.com i want to share some exciting news about our new aspire academy by solivity now you probably want to know what the aspire academy by solivity is well it exclusively connects you with people around the globe and who share the intense desire to improve themselves and create a better life for themselves today there's classes there's workshops there's live events and even more exclusively just for you you see i wanted you to have a safe space where you could grow, you can learn, and it would empower you in all aspects of your life, including your mind, your body, and your soul. So how do you get started? Well, it is so easy. First of all, the best part, joining Aspire Academy is absolutely free. Just click on the Join Now button, sign up, and begin your journey as a special part of this invitation to you there are some free courses that are available for you to try from our amazing roster of coaches and collaborators it's our way of saying thank you for all of your support and being with us along our journey of expansion i hope you enjoy the aspire academy by solivity today start the process learn more about your passion, your purpose, and how to live a higher quality life. Hello, and we're back with more of This Morning with Solivity. Um, Ladies, I want it to add another kind of point to this discussion on dramatic entertainment, but I want to focus it on, you know, how we see black wealth and juxtapose that against reality. Um, you know, remember this, I know you both remember this series dynasty, right? Yes. <laughs> of course. Not the, not the reboot youngsters, the original. <laughs> um, I'll say two words. Dominique Devereaux. Woo! <laughs> mm, I was in love with her. Um, this was played by the incomparable Diane Carroll. Um, talk about the essence of black wealth. I mean, she had it all. 
Um, but while these kind of characters help us to aspire, I think the real story is different. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. And so I've got this article from the Brookings Institute that talks about this a little bit. Uh, according to the Federal Reserve in 2019, the median net worth of white families was, was just under $190,000, 7.8 times that of their black peers at $24,000. And that wealth gap translates to many other disparities, including business ownership, which is heavily influenced by individual and family wealth. It goes on to say in 2019, and I'm paraphrasing this part, out of all the businesses that are employer firms, these are businesses with more than one employee, only 2.3% were black owned, even though black people comprise 14.2% of the country's population. And so I, I, I hear these numbers and as a business owner myself, um, I'm heartbroken that we're still in this situation. And so my, my question is, since this has been going on for a long time now, um, even into my son's generation where this is continuing, is closing the racial wealth gap important to the future of our country? And why? And so, Dr. Chanel, I go to you first. It absolutely is, Brian. This disparity that you point out, so you're saying that 2.3% of African-American business owners um, own, there's only 2.3% basically of Black yeah. uh, businesses, compared to 83.5% of white-owned employer firms, meaning right. those firms that have more than one employee. Right. Um, that widening of such a gap continues to accumulate and it's cumulative. So the effects just will continue because you're talking about legacy and generation after generation. Right. So I wonder how do we, how do we catch up? How do we change that? And I know we'll, we'll talk about some ideas uh, later, but to me, the power, the economic power and the political power that comes with that kind of wealth we don't have. And so right. when you talk about inequality, when you talk about police br brutality, you talk about um, the racial tensions that are happening right now, we don't have a way, we don't have a mechanism to cure that without increasing the black business ownership 
right, or right. people of color's business ownership. There's no way to make those kind of political and economic um, structural changes without wealth. And right. so there's a huge gap and I'm hopeful, but right now the power is in the money. If you don't have money, you cannot have power and make decisions for change. Right, right. What are your thoughts, Sheila? Oh, I absolutely agree with what you just said, Dr. Chanel. And then I would look at it also that it's important, not just for the African-American community, but for, mm. for the entire country to understand that helping to develop black businesses and to bridge that gap in wealth is going to benefit everyone except maybe the top billionaires. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. And exactly. I think that's a point that people are not realizing when for me when I read Cast the Origins of Our Discontent by mm. Isabel Wilkerson and and I realized I really, it shifted something in my head to look at our country from a caste system versus only racism, because the caste part isn't personal, right? So there can be somebody right. out there that consider themselves racist, and yet they're afraid of helping to support the black community right up because they are, feel like they're at the bottom. And that's such a a misunderstanding of how it works when we raise up any group we raise all of us and right. i think shifting to that perspective for people who maybe are on the outside not understanding the importance of it for everyone is you know is a good idea Absolutely. Can I can I interject here too, Brian? Yeah, please. So, Sheila, those are great points. What I would also emphasize is the reason why it is such an imperative for African American business owners to get more of the wealth is because hopefully they will then reinvest the wealth in their communities from which they came right. from or which they're a part of. And so not everyone with wealth reaches back to their community or the black community to help mm -hmm. um, decrease these disparities. Right. And so the imperative is on black business owners to create wealth so that they can create jobs in their communities right. so that we can increase the resources and the access to resources and a better quality of living, i.e. through equality. You know, I'm. I, thank you point. for saying that. And, and thank you both for these important points of view. I'm going to end this particular segment before we go to break with this other um, quote from this um, Brookings Institute uh, report. And it goes, it goes on to say, there's a causal relationship between discriminatory policy and wealth accumulation. And there's a direct correlation between wealth and business development. Business outcomes reflect a racial wealth gap that is helped by radicalized, racialized policies, including those created by the federal government. We, mm -hmm. sh we should look at the wealth gap as merely an indicator. By focusing on the root of the racial wealth inequality, rather than fixating on the racial wealth gap, we can identify a path forward for creating a fairer and more sustainable 
Economic and Political System. And this was written by the Roosevelt Institutes and Price in a 2020 report aptly titled, Don't Fixate on the Racial Wealth Gap. Wow. So listen, we're going to take another quick break and we'll be back with more of This Morning with Solivity. Hi there, Sheila Applegate here with some exciting news. I've joined the incredible Solivity team as the host of the new Consciously Awesome live show, where I will be sharing insights to help you discover your full brilliance and claim the vibrant life you deserve. So tune in every Wednesday right here on Solivity TV to join the fun and remember to subscribe to the channel so that you don't miss a single episode. Have an awesome week and I will see you on Wednesday. Have you ever asked the question, if I was to be anything, what would I be? Regardless of money, regardless of status, beyond popularity and fame, living your passion, feeling your life has purpose. Solivity is a space to nurture that which lives in all of us. A place where work can become play and doing what we love creates the dreams of a lifetime. And we're back with more of This Morning with Solivity. I'm joined by my beautiful co-host, Sheila Applegate and Dr. Chanel DeGuzman. Uh, listen, guys, let me just jump right to it. What can we do to support ending the racial wealth gap and building, building up businesses of color? So, Dr. Chanel, I know this is something you're passionate about. What yes. say you? So I say education, hmm. education, education. I am now, Brian and Sheila, a business owner because somebody has a platform. Uh, it's actually called Global Empowerment Ministries in Detroit, offered free training on how to become an entrepreneur or how to wow. become a supplier. Mm. Wow. And that is how I learned about becoming a business owner. So my hope is that I will then hire people in my business that will add to the economic wealth of of um, the economy, but we have to reach back because listen, guys, there's a reason why entrepreneurship is not taught in primary and secondary education, right? right? right. There is a status quo. We need workers, right, to run society. Mm -hmm. And there's a small percentage of wealth generators, meaning the business owners. And so why is that? So I think by infusing entrepreneurship, business ownership into the school curriculum, I think that could have a lasting and impactful change from the beginning as a foundation. Right, right. What about you, Sheila? Right. What are some things that you're thinking of right now? 
Well, I'm happy to learn from you guys today on this, but for me personally, one of the, the things that I do is consciously try to support black businesses and mm, mm. people I know to um, be aware of, you know, from entertainment to clothing to, you know, s services, whatever it is. Um, and then being aware of the politics, politics and, and where to vote in order to support it. Right, right. I love that. What about you, Brian? Well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> When we talk about these things, I, I, I agree with both of you that um, support has to come from within. Um, it has to come from other communities that are that are non-minority, right, that do have wealth, that they can, you know, support black business because it helps everybody. But I also just want to go back into something that even in this article that I was reading before about your vote is important. And who you vote for is important mm -hmm. because policies like our tax code, for instance, is one that supports the status quo, right? Um, where, you know, goods and services and how, um, uh, you know, the tax code is enforced and all that is is bad for black businesses. I mean, like they go, a lot of times the IRS will go after people at the lower end of the business spectrum and at the higher end of the business spectrum. Right. Mm -hmm. So right. that's what, that's right. one kind of thing. Um, they talk about, um, you know, uh, empowering more black people as public fund managers. Right. Mm. I mean, municipal gov governments control a lot of capital, and, you know, less than 2% are controlled by people of color. And even in those communities where there might be a majority minority, right? Right. Um, and then, you know, some of the things like back in the day with like public infrastructure, you know, righting the wrongs of yesteryear where a lot of the black, you know, there, there was more than one black Wall Street, y'all. I mean, yes, it was mm -hmm. known in Tulsa, but mm -hmm. the black bottom in Detroit was known as mm -hmm. full of money that was there. This is was in Chicago, New York, uh, Baltimore, but all the public infrastructure projects went right through those communities. Right. <laughs> so, you know, um, who you are voting for and who is supporting initiatives that that support building black wealth should be foremost on your plate, right? You know, home ownership is one big thing. I mean, you know, my wife Sasha works in that arena where, you know, people who own who own their own homes are more likely to start a business because mm -hmm. they have something to leverage, mm -hmm. right? So support people who are supporting policies for, you know, equitable um, housing. And so right. that's my kind of thought. So Dr. Schiller, you had a comment on this? Yes. Yeah, so I want to push back a little bit for you, Brian and Sheila, on the voting. So yes, obviously we know the voting is important, but I believe the political power that, that be happens before I think we get to the vote or it happens before the legislation, you know, dries on the ink with the lobbyists. And that is where the wealth creation happens to influence lobbyists to have certain legislation to 
you know, either favor one group or another or suppress one group or another. And so that's why it's so important to have the wealth to buy the power, because essentially that's what we're doing. Yes, we do want to vote, but the voting, I think we've relied on that for so long that the emphasis really needs to shift to the economic power and the economic um, political power that is needed to actually make change. I mean, quick example, do you see how the, the I forget his name, but in Bel Air, how he got out of jail. He got out of jail because his uncle made a phone call. That is how right. everything happens is with a phone call. It's with writing a check. The votes are important, but it's the writing the check. And we have to have the ability, Brian and Sheila, to write the check to get these things done. Well, I'll say this point, and, and I don't disagree with you, but I'll add another dimension to this. The Democratic Party changed their primary caucus to support their candidates specifically for president with with like communities of color. South Carolina is now going to be the first caucus. They understand the power of the black vote. And so how is that reflected in investments in the black community from voting? Because of what happened in 2020 and what's going to be happening in 2024 in terms of the the caucus, do you know that investment in blue chip corporations into black owned businesses is up 47% over the last just the last few years? Wow. So there's a, there is an importance here mm -hmm. of of the vote. And so I'm just saying that I think it's an all hands on deck <laughs> kind of situation. Yeah. Even and the $10 donations, right? Abs absolutely. Barack Obama. <laughs> absolutely. And so, you know, um, I don't think there's one silver bullet. But let's keep talking about this. We're going to take another quick break and we'll be back with more This Morning with Solivity. Hey there, this is Brian with Solivity.com. I want to share some exciting news about our new Aspire Academy by Solivity. Now, you probably want to know what the Aspire Academy by Solivity is. Well, it exclusively connects you with people around the globe and who share the intense desire to improve themselves and create a better life for themselves today. There's classes, there's workshops, there's live events, and even more exclusively just for you. You see, I wanted you to have a safe space where you could grow, you can learn, and it would empower you in all aspects of your life, including your mind, your body, and your soul. So how do you get started? Well, it is so easy. First of all, the best part, joining Aspire Academy is absolutely free. Just click on the Join Now button, sign up, and begin your journey. As a special part of this invitation to you, there are some free courses that are available for you to try from our amazing roster of coaches and collaborators. It's our way of saying thank you for all of your support and being with us along our journey of expansion. I hope you enjoy the Aspire Academy by Solivity today. Start the process. Learn more about your
your passion, your purpose, and how to live a higher quality life. And we're back with more of This Morning with Solivity. Um, Final thoughts, Sheila. I just want to say that this is an important issue. And we, in my position, I just want to keep learning and supporting and finding new ways to help invest in the Black community. Hmm. Thank you for that. And Dr. Chanel? I'm very excited and hopeful that there will be more entrepreneurs uh, starting in the primary and secondary educational systems. And then just to know that anybody really can start a business. Here in the state of Michigan, Brian, it only costs $50 to start an LLC. And anybody mm-hmm. can get it. And then, wow. like I said, there, there are free trainings uh, throughout, throughout Detroit that you can go to on a weekly basis to get you know, how to start your LLC, how to become a supplier, how to become a business owner, and how to get certified. So just yesterday, you guys, I didn't share this with you, but I became a woman-owned small business certified Ooh, business. Yay. Yay. Congratulations. I'm also, <laughs> I'm also a woman enterprise business, a WBE certified business. What that means is that now, Brian, I'm able to get contracts with the government, with the federal government, with municipalities, and also various corporations that do set aside money for um, people of color uh, for business. And so anybody can also get certified. So I'm saying that there are resources. We can start making significant changes to change those numbers from the 2.3% of Black right. business owners and right. get that to an acceptable level to, level to make a difference. Absolutely. Hey, Dr. Chanel, now that you have this certification, can I borrow $5? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I can treat you both to ice cream now. Yay. <laughs> um, listen, my final thoughts on all of this is, and we we're kind of talking about this before, um, this is an all hands on deck situation. Of if we're calling this country um a country with opportunities for all, then let's make it that way. Let's let's talk, let's do things that our mouth can cash literally um you know if you if you come from money support others in having their own you know opportunity it's not that you're trying to do it every everything for them but spend some money in a black owned business or in other businesses of color um you know that effect can have a profound change on future generations in that in those families support people who support this in your government local municipal federal statewide you know do that and start thinking like dr chanel said start thinking about what you can do to even maybe turn a a hobby into something that can be a business here at solivity we talk about living your passion and so there's resources and people out here that are available to help you along this part of your journey if it's something that you're thinking that you want to do. Um, so great show today, guys. Absolutely. Really great, great, great show today. Ryan, you bring up a really good point. You can take a hobby 
or something that is central to you. My cousin started her business in her kitchen because her daughter had a skin condition. She came up with a scrub to help her. And now she has that scrub in the shelves of Target and Walmart all over, like over 700 uh, locations. It's called Glam, G-L-A-M. And it's just because she solved a problem for her daughter. So you can take your hobby and turn it into an actual business. Absolutely. Listen, while we've got time left, uh, Dr. Chanel, you've been doing some complimentary coaching sessions that can support in this. Can you talk quickly about this? Absolutely. So listen, ladies, especially if you are sitting on the fence on a business idea and you need support, you are not moving on something that you know you should reach out for a free consultation. Let's talk about it. And Brian will give you that information to reach out to me. Absolutely. And Sheila, you've got something special coming up on the 25th. Can you tell our audience about this? We're doing a fractal illumination gathering, and that is an energy healing technique, but actually an upgrade. So the energy is coming from source, and it helps us to harmonize with it in ourselves in the middle of the chaos of our world. (laughs) So if you want to get a harmonized upgrade, you can use the link that Brian just provided to get more information. Fantastic. Um, wow. Um, I know it's only a few days left, but remember, February is Black History Month, y'all. Um, yes. Go check out blackhistorymonth.gov to learn more information about these great American heroes that include entrepreneurs, by the way. Um, and you can go there and find out about events that are probably still going on in your area. So guys, it's parting is such sweet sorrow, y'all. Um, listen, <laughs> you on guys behalf are awesome. I know. <laughs> oh, thank you. On behalf thank of all you. of us, I want to say thank you for joining us for another great episode of This Morning with Solivity. We hope that you come back and join us every weekday at 8 a.m. Eastern for our live broadcast or join us Thursdays and Fridays at 9 a.m. Pacific on KMET, 1490 a.m. for all of you out on the West Coast. Um, Listen, until next time, keep on having those real fantastic conversations that empower with passion and purpose, of course, and create a life full of high quality living today. And so what do we all say? We say bye for now. See you next time. Rights reserved.